you to pray for this meeting. I want you to pray. Now, I'm not just saying pray. I mean pray. Uh, I'm going to try to be as good as the word, the word said. But I want you to turn to Hosea, the 14th chapter. And while you turn there, I want to say again, we appreciate those that's been doing work around here. We appreciate the workers of our church. That's pitching in here and doing. We don't have many, but maybe God will revive you doing revival. You'll look around and see what you can do for your church. We appreciate, as I've already told you, those that fix this nice cloth love cheer, and those that put the cloth and everything on. By the way, Brother Bill Tucker's done a lot of work in the lake. Here. I think Brother Bill's done all this teamwork, I think. Appreciate that. That looks good. That's really beautiful. And we appreciate it. And we appreciate that we labored down on the office yesterday. We just got in two days before we made a we made a made a den on that thing. Now we we got work down there for brick players and rock players and carpenters and, and electricians and uh, and uh, uh, painters and and uh, whatever. So we got work to do. And uh, by the way, I would like to say this now. Any time that you do something for the church in valuation of dollars, we are allowed to give you that credit on the book. So at the end of the year. That'll go on to what you would as though you give that much money to the church. So uh, anything you can do, that to help you out in your income tax. And it'll help us out greatly, too. And we do have a right to do that. And uh, there's nothing wrong. It's honest. And we can do it. And so we want you to keep that in mind. And uh, that'll help you. All right. Now, in Hosea chapter 14, uh, I'm going to read uh, a few passages over here about revival. I'm going to show you what a revival will do. And then I'm going to preach... Tell you the subject we mentioned on Balaam, you and Pilate Rooster and the fish. Oh, Israel, the sons of the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Now that first verse shows you why you ought to, why you need revivals, why you got to have revivals, and uh, that people uh, uh, backslide on God. He's he's begging Israel to come back. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say to him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily, and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and his smell as Lebanon. When I was in the Bible land, I seen many, many olive trees. Olive trees were just as common as peach trees, more common than apple trees and peach trees here. I've never seen the like. His beautiful olive tree. And then of course he said, uh, they that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as corn and grow as the vine. The scent there shall be as the wine of Lebanon. They tell me it's something to go in there in the vineyard and measure out the grapes and smell this wine, the smell, the odor that it puts forth. Peter, what shall we, what Ephraim shall say, what have I any... What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. 
Who is wise? And who shall understand these things? Prudent. And who shall know them? For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. Now the narratives that we're going to use from the Word of God is found in Matthew 17, Matthew 26, and Numbers 22, if you want to kind of follow. The first thing we want you to notice is in Numbers 22. Now you notice here that in our text of our reading, uh, the Lord says He's going to revive them like corn. I know that you've been out and seen uh, the corn. Well, now, the corn they were talking about were grain. That was grain like rye or oats or barley or wheat. But you can think of corn. It'd be the same thing, the kind of corn you know about, Indian corn. And if you ever notice when it rain, I mean, when it's dry, those blades will roll up and those uh, they'll tilt over. And I've seen fields that people say, well, my crop is gone. My crop is gone. There's nothing here. And then it would come these refreshing rains. And this, uh, these blades would begin to unravel and spread out, and the first thing you know, they'd turn greener and Now, he's talking about Israel here, and he said, now, Israel dried up, kind of like White Plains is now. You know, we kind of dried up. <laughs> they just didn't make it today, and some of them didn't make it. And uh, a whole lot of them didn't make it that ought to been here. But now, listen, uh, uh, he says now here, he said, now, they're all dried up. Uh, Israel, Ephraim, they're all dried up. But he said, I'm going to revive them as corn. They're going to... He's going to let it rain on them. And now God wants it to rain. He, he, he's going to rain on us. He said in Hosea, in the 10th chapter, He said for us uh, to break up our foul of ground that the Lord might come and rain righteousness upon us. Now God's going to bless us if, if we'll do what? If we'll break up our foul of ground. Get this old hard hardness out. Get this old uh, carnal uh, uh, body of ours. Get it under subjection and let's, Put our hearts in service in this meeting that we might have an old-fashioned revival meeting that we might prosper by it, that we might be revived by it. Now, if you'll notice now, we're going to learn some things that will help us in this revival, I'm sure, as we go through these three narratives in the Bible, these experiences. One's about Balaam's mule. If you remember the story, Balaam was a prophet of God. But he turned out to be a lot of, like a lot of preachers today. He was a hireling. <laughs> in other words, he, he, he wanted... He was... Uh, he was after money, and uh, uh, he was willing to compromise to get it. In other words, the Moabites were fighting with the people of God, and the king of the Moabites, he sent word to the man of God. He said, tell the man of God to come over here, and I'm going to honor him. I'm going to pay him off. I'm going to reward him. I'm going to give him something good. If he'll just come over here and curse these old Israelites for me. All right. Now, God told Balaam, he said, now, Balaam, he first told him, he said, don't you go. It's not my will that you go. Don't you go. You know that you can't put a curse on your people. You know I'm not going to uh, put a curse on Israel. They are my people. And uh, but Balaam, uh, but this king of, but the king of the Moabites, he wanted them cursed. He wanted to defeat them in battle. And uh, so he tried to get Balaam to come over and put a curse on them. And Balaam started. And the Lord said, "Don't you go." Well, then after that, they begin to plead again. We'll make. We'll honor you. Oh, we'll give you a lot of money. We'll make it good for you, Balak. And we'll give you a great reward, Balaam. And Balaam wanted to go. And so finally, he just went to see the Lord. And he, he just kept on and on. And the Lord said, all right, Balak, I'll let you go. I'll let you. You can go. Go on over there. But he says, you're going to tell, you're going to tell them what I tell you to. You go, but I'm going to make you say what I want you to say. Now, you see, here's what you have here. <clears throat> you have the directive will of God. A person in your life, God has a directive will for you. 
and things that you're going to do tomorrow, next week and next month, God has a directive will that He wants you to do. But now He will let you take a permissive will, but you'll never be blessed in it. You, if you get the blessings of God, you've got to go, you've got to get the mind of God, you've got to get the plan of God, and you've got to go the way God wants you to go. You've got to get the will of it. Now, you see, this was His, uh, <clears throat> not God's permissive will. Because he, he told him, a direct will. He said, you go, but I'm not going to bless you. And he said, you're going to say what I tell you to say. So he goes over there, and he tells, and when he started, he started over there to him. He got on his mule. That was, uh, well, that was probably a Cadillac now, or at least it was a good Chrysler. And he got on his mule, and he started. Now, uh, we get a, a lot of, uh, every time I think of Balaam's mule since I've been to the Holy Land, I think of the, the little boy over there. Well, he wasn't a little boy, he was a young boy. But he was taller than me. He just a, uh, he was just a kid, but he, he was a tall lad. Uh, and he kind of fell in love with me. He liked me. <clears throat> and this little boy had a little old white mule, little donkey. And, and, it, and it looked like it didn't have no sense. It looked like he couldn't hardly move. He stood there out there in the, in the uh, desert with his head down and his ears lopped over. And you'd say, well, could any good thing come out of that donkey? Could anything come out of any account? But you know what that little boy could do? He, he could go over and he'd say, he say he wanted money, of course, and I guess, and that's the way he got his money. He had his little mule out there, and the tourists were all around. He stayed among them, and he just got to where he followed me around. It wasn't because I gave him a lot of money, because I didn't, but he just took a like. I reckon I was good to the boy. I, I spoke sweet to him and told him I loved him and, and uh, you know, witnessed to him, things like that. And he just followed me around. And you know what he said? He, he, he'd come over and he'd say, you want to hear my donkey talk? You want to hear my donkey sing? Uh, of course, his donkey couldn't talk like this donkey. But uh, he'd say, now, I, I want you, I want my little donkey to, to sing for you. We sing for you. Give me a dollar, give me a dollar, let him sing. I said, all right, let him sing. And he'd start singing, and that little donkey perk up his knees and wreck that donkey when he'd start singing in his uh, Arabian tongue. And that donkey'd sing in his donkey tongue, and he'd go, hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. And they'd sing together, you know, made for a good duet. Sound about like me and Tommy will sound tonight, I guess, but they'd sing. And he said, uh, he said, donkey got a lot, he said, little mule got lots of sense, lots of sense. And you know what he could do? He could, <clears throat> that little, he could walk off uh, maybe 50 feet from that donkey, and he could whistle a certain way. That donkey lay down and just roll over right quick, like that. Just whistle a little bit. And then, he would, after a while, he'd say, Donkey knows lots of tricks. Another dollar, another dollar, Donkey knows lots of tricks. And then he'd do another trick for us. And, and directly, he, he would uh, wrestle with that Donkey. He'd get down on the ground, just like a little boy will with his dog. And he'd roll over and fight, and just wrestle with that Donkey. And he'd get up and say, Now watch Donkey fight, and watch him bite me. And that Donkey would take off at you, lay him in your back, and he'd just grab him with the arm, just like he's chewing it off. But he wasn't hurting boy at all. He was just playing, you know. He wasn't, and uh, a lot of things like that he'd do. And uh, the little boy took pride. I got a picture of him, I'll show you when he comes. Then got here yet. He standing up on top of it. I think that his pride he'd, of, of his life, he'd stand up on that. He thought that was big, stand up on that little mule's back. And then he could get on that donkey and press a certain spot on that mule's back, and that mule just bucked to beat the band. He'd, he'd just buck and round and round and round. But he could have that, that thing. But I'll tell you what he couldn't do. He couldn't make him talk. If he talked, bless God, he didn't talk my language. Yes, sir, he couldn't talk. But this donkey could talk. This donkey would talk. You know what? What? Balaam. He went up to the, he started, uh, Brother Balaam started over there to where uh, the people, uh, the Moabites was. To, he's trying to figure out a way to get that money is what he's after. <laughs> and the Lord said, all right, you go ahead, but you're gonna, you ain't going to no uh, put no curse on Israel. You're going to bless Israel if you do anything. And you'll say, well, I'll make you say. <laughs> and so he got on his little old mule. He started and he come, uh, got over there close and he started to, uh, to go through the path. 
And you'll find those kind of passages over there in the Bible and you go to a vineyard or something and there'll be rock wall here and rock wall there and you just barely can get through and all that. And he started through one of them narrow passages uh, going over there and when he did, uh, there was an angel with a sword drawn standing in front of that donkey. The man couldn't see it, but the donkey could. And he held up that sword and, and was right over him. And you know what he's going to do? You know what that angel's going to do with that sword? He's going to cut Balaam's head off if he went through that. That's right. You read your Bible. It says he was. He is going to kill it. And, but what happened? The donkey could see. And so the donkey just refused to go on. He just stopped. Wouldn't go. He saw the angel. And old Balaam reached down, got him a club, and tried to kill him. He hit him, whammed him one with that stick. And he got up. The little old donkey did. And he started again. And he got through a passage, a little narrow passage with them rock walls they build over there just everywhere you see rock wall, rock wall. And he started through a passage there, just a little narrow passage, and that angel come and stood again. And Balaam didn't see him, but the donkey did. And he rammed over against him and rammed his foot up against the wall and mashed it. And boy, he got that stick and rammed that donkey over there. And the donkey had to take it. And then finally, he got up. And he started again. And at this time, he done the same thing over. He, he saw him standing there with the sword, and the donkey uh, wouldn't go. The donkey just stopped, and he knocked him down. And that's when God let a donkey talk. Now, this little boy had a smart mule. If I had that little mule over here and that little boy, I don't know if I'd stay at White Plains or not. I expect I'd go up and down the valleys of West Virginia and places where these people don't know God, where they're lost without God, and I'd take that little donkey and get me a crowd of people, and I'd get people saved by the hundreds if I could. I would. I'd use it. But, but listen, man, his donkey couldn't do nothing. Inside it. This donkey spoke. Brother, old Balaam was on that mule. He was mad. He'd done knocked him down three times. And that old mule looked up at his master and said, What you be? You know what he said? He said, that's that man of sword that picked your head up. He's mad, brother. Now, honey, I get mad. But if I was ever on a view and that thing started talking to me, honey, I'd leave out. I promise you I'd be gone. But he said, I'll tell you, he said, I'd not only hit you in the head, but I'd cut your head off if I had a sword in my hand. And then God opened his eyes. And he saw an angel. And that angel said, listen, if that donkey hadn't stopped and you'd have come off, I'd have cut your head off. And here was a donkey. He was the burden bearer. See, he was carrying the burden. He had Balaam up on him and he was trying to carry him where he's going. And then he, when danger was lurking, he stopped. Wouldn't go. And then the man that he was carrying hit him with a stick. He said, Preacher, what do you get out of that? I'll tell you what the Lord gave me out of that this morning. You know, the preacher is the one that carries the burden for the church. I'll guarantee you some of you old grouches didn't lay awake wondering whether it was going to have good crowd. I'll guarantee you didn't lose no sleep over whether our offering would go up or whether it would go down, did it? But the preacher has to carry the burden. And you know, the preacher not only has to carry the burden, but he's got to tell the truth. And you know what happened? That old uncle was just telling him the truth. 
I don't look, he said, why, I'm just trying to keep you from getting hurt. And that's what the preacher does. When he preaches on tithing, you go out and get, 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 get. When he preaches on living separation, you go get, 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 get. And right on and on and on. And all these, that preacher's trying to do is trying to keep you from getting hurt. Amen. Keep you from getting hurt. And you know what that old brother? The preacher carrying the burden. Now you, you can imagine, you say, boy, old Balaam, pretty mean. That, bird, that old beast was trying to carry him and trying to keep him from getting killed and he knocked him down with a cut his head. You're just as bad. Just as bad, bless God. Just as bad. We got people, I'll put, brother, that don't make no difference how burdened the preacher gets, how burdened evangelist gets about a revival, whether it's turned out right or not. There's a lot of people, they don't give a hoop and a hoop. Then they'll turn around and knock the devil out of them after he does. Carrying the burden, trying to get their loved ones saved, trying to get, live good so God can bless them. And they'll turn right around and fight the hand that would bless you. You ought to think about that next time you start running your gatling gun. You ought to think about that time, the next time you start to stay out when you know your pastor's heart bleeds when he sees vacant seats over the church. Did you know that, you know the biggest ache in my heart when I come to church on Sunday morning? It's a blessing to go to church. Or oh, if I knew everybody would do right and be here in the place. Lord God, I couldn't wait till I got up here. But you know what I dread to come? I dread to come over here and see a place where four to be sitting out there and see this kingdom. Place where three could be sitting over there, and I know who sits there. And then I'll cheat. It don't bother me. I know it don't. But it ought to. I know it don't, but it ought to. It really ought to. You ought to look around and say, What can I do for God's house? What can I do for God's son? What can I do for God's man? What can I do? In this revival, if you was worth the bread and your salt and your bread, honey, you wouldn't stay at home. You would get out here and say, Bless God, I'm going to take the burden off my pastor. I'm going to take the burden off that evangelist. I'm going to not let God go uh, come out here night after night and look down with a broken heart and say, Where is my people? I'm not only going to be there, but I'm going to try to get other people to be there. That's what a real Christian would do. That's what a man that's filled with the Spirit would do. God's people that's filled with the Spirit have a care for other people. There's you. Balaam knew... My, what a lesson we got. Poor old, poor old dummy. Doing all he can do. And then after he done all he can do, he took a stick and knocked him down three times and had a sword and cut his head off. And he's mean. Church members are worse. See, Balaam didn't see the danger. But you do. That's what makes you worse than Balaam. That's what makes it worse. Because you know that we must have revival. We see right now. They're fixing to take your check away from you, aren't they? You know what that is? We're getting ready for the mark of the beast. <laughs> we need a revival. And then not only that, they're fixing to take the youngest away from you. That's the move of Congress. That's the And that's not all. We look around and we know according to the way things are going that this Gentile uh What's the matter? Really now? How you say that? I God calls Israel three kind of trees. The vine tree, the fig tree, and the In the book of Romans, he picked up the of the The original Alice Well, shoot up And he said, when that Olive tree stop, won't bear. He said, I'm going to cut you off. And I'm going to turn to wild olives. You know who wild olives are? That's the Gentiles. And he did cut them off. And he did turn to you. And he did go to saving Gentiles. 
But now, and he said, but don't you boast. He said, when that wild olive tree quits bearing, don't you think I got the power to draft the real olive tree back in again? All right. Gentiles, hard to get saved now. Hard to get saved now. Why you didn't preach to especially adult people? They, won't listen to they made up their mind. They made up their mind. Yeah, and God's made up his mind too. All this is about to happen. You know, what's that got to do with the rest? That means, bless God, we better get them in while we can. Better go at it, Nathan. Better go at it. Now then, I've talked to you a little bit about Balaam's mule. Now let's move on. Oh, Lord, God, help you today to be a real mule. God, help you to be a real burden bearer. I wish you would be as faithful to this revival as that old mule was his master. That old mule carried his master. And when his master struck him down, he wouldn't lead him into danger again. <laughs> that have been some of you who said, bless God, let's take him through there. I want to watch him cut his head off. God helped you to be a burden bearer. There's burdens to be bearer. Did you know that? Burdens to carry. You're going to let somebody else do all your... Bless God, I don't want some of you men to fit for. Your wife darns your socks, cooks your breakfast, she washes your clothes, she does everything to try to get you ready and combs your hair and get you out. What in the name of high heaven are you going to do? Why don't you this morning, why don't you this afternoon, why don't you find your secret place of prayer and say, if Jesus is coming, if the Gentile days are about over, and if judgment's upon us, then by the help and grace of God, I'm going to be a dumpy this week. I'm going to help carry the burden. I'm going to be a burden bearer. You ought to do it. God's got that message for you. Now, I didn't get that out of Charles Spurgeon's. I didn't get that out of Charles Finney. I didn't get that from Billy Graham's soap opera rallies. The Lord gave me that. Oh, why don't you read these signs? You know what I did? I told my wife last night, I said, I want you to write cards. I want you to put on them the same thing. And I want you to put one in the east, one in the west, one in the north, one in the south. That everybody, when they come here in the morning, everywhere they look, they're going to see it. It says, try to be here every night. When they look over there on that green side, they're going to see, try to be here every night. When they look back over here, they're going to see, try to be here every night. And the night you're going to see one up there, try to be here every night. You know why? Because we want you here every night. God wants you here every night. Holy Spirit wants you here every night. Jesus wants you here every night. He wants you to help bear the burden. Revival is a time of joy. It's a time of blessing. Time of reaping. Time of sowing. But it's also a time when God's people ought to become burden bearers in a special way. Who knows? It may be your loved one will walk in that door and get saved. And you don't know when they're going to die. You don't know when. You don't know when. I bet you old Billy Martin sitting, I mean Billy Fry sitting there this morning. I bet you he's glad this morning that he got saved when he did. I bet you he's glad that he had a burden for his daddy and called up old Lackey and said, Come on and see my daddy. I believe my daddy's dying, but he's a lost man. He's a lost man. I bet he's glad that when he went for that coffin the other day that he could say, Thank God I didn't wait another year to get saved. Thank God I didn't wait a little longer to get somebody to talk to my dad. Because he's in the ground now. He's in, he's in that old muddy ground out there. The body is. The soul's with the Lord. He faced his I bet you this morning, Billy, I'll bet you'll have to thank God every time you think of it. Just suppose you'd have waited one more year to get saved. Your dad would be in hell from now on. Just suppose 
Just suppose, and listen, just suppose you don't get the burden of this law. Some of your loved ones are going to be in hell forever. Where if you'd have got the burden, maybe your brother, your sister might come walking in that door. Why, you'd have been least expected. That man, he hadn't, he hadn't served God none of his life. He's as old as I am, I guess. I don't know how old he is, but he's somewhere near me. God's able to do things, folks, and He wants us to know it. Oh, God, help us to be Balaam's mule this week. If you don't want to be a mule, how about being a rooster? Amen. You say, well, what about a rooster? Well, I know a game rooster. Bless God, he'll stand up and fight. I know that. So how you know it's pilot rooster? Do you ever see chickens run around somebody else's yard? Unless they got a garden, they might get in their neighbor's garden. But ordinarily, in an everyday business, a chicken wanders around his own yard, don't he, Brother Pilot? Well, that's good reason enough to me that he was pilot rooster because he's in Scotland. Now, what's so wonderful about Pilate's rooster, all right? Peter had backslid on God. And God didn't say it in these words, but in the amount of this, I'm going to use a rooster. <laughs> can't get, I can't get them people of White Plains to do that. Maybe I can use an old chicken. I'll use a rooster to get old Peter straightened out. And he told Peter, after he'd backslid, he, he prophesied and said, Peter, Brother, you will have denied the Lord. Before the cock crows, you will have denied your Lord. And he did it, didn't he? He did it. So there steps in Pilate's rooster. Now, I like this rooster. Fact of the matter, if you cook them right, I like all roosters. If you'll fry them up right, cook them up right. I like rooster dumplings. Amen. They had a rooster, bless God, but you couldn't go out the back door, he'd jump on you. And the little boy there wasn't no bigger than Van. And bless God, he hated to go out that door. That little boy stepped out that door, make no difference, that rooster way down the barnyard. He'd sight that little boy, he'd, he'd come at that little boy, and go back in the house. And he'd look at and say, I hate you, Wooster. Oh, God ought to give some of us a crawl like a rooster this week. So we can stand and fight the devil. You know what? I come up and stayed with him that week. And she said, well, she told her husband, said, Tommy, I think we ought to have chicken for dinner. Preacher's here. But God had said, Mommy, I know which one we ought to get. She said, what you thinking? Said, that old rooster right out there runs me. Said, let's make dumplings out of him. Make dumplings out of him. And so she killed the old big rooster and put him in the back. But now, what am I saying? Here's Pilate's rooster. First of all, I want you to notice something about this rooster that ought to be true about us. He was on the job. You see, he had to pray at a certain place a certain many times, three times. Did he or didn't he? Huh? 
Brother, this rooster had to be on the spot. Now, if he had been way down the bottoms, Peter wouldn't have known about it. He wouldn't have known prophecy was fulfilled. See, he had to be on the job to get prophecy fulfilled. I'm Lord God can't depend on some people like that, I promise you. Now, I wonder, if, if, brother, if, if God wanted to give us a revival, you'd have to be here on the spot next week. I wonder if the Lord could depend on you like he did that rooster. He depended on that rooster to be there, didn't he? Huh, didn't he? Can God depend on you? I wish you'd say tonight, if you can't, if you can't be a good jackass, ask God to make a good rooster out of you. This rooster was, brother, he was on the spot. And that ain't all. He's on the job. And he done what the Lord told him. He said, you say, did the Lord tell him? He didn't say he did. Well, how do you think he knows to do it then? The Lord told that rooster to crow. He told that donkey to talk. He told that rooster to crow three times. He told that rooster to crow. And, and the rooster done what he said. You know what a lot of Baptists will do? A lot of you, if the Lord tells you to do something, you know, if you'd have been that rooster, what some of you sorry men would have done? Well, now, I never did like to crow much. Couldn't, I ain't a good crower. But I'll tell you, I fooled the old hen sometimes, cackle a little. How about just cackling? Bless God. That's about what some of you have done. You know, I can't cackle. Yeah, but if you'd have done it to show that you was a man of your own, nobody couldn't tell you what to do. You let people know, bless God, you run the show. Ain't nobody going to tell you what to do. And, and so, I, I, I preacher said to crow, but bless God, I, I don't have to crow. I can be a hen if I want to. No, you can't. You ain't geared up that way. Amen. We got to love you. That's the way to do it. They want to do it different from what God said. God told us to have a have revival, but you're going to do it your way. You're going to stand home. Come when you want to. You'll pray if you like to. You'll do what you care about. You're just a stubborn old rich. Bless God. God will make dumplings out of you one of these days. That's what I'm talking about. Then some of you, you wouldn't, if you, if you wouldn't want to be that stubborn, I know what you'd have done. You said, I know what I'll do. I ain't going to crow. I'll just flop my wings. <laughs> Now, I believe a lot of times before Rooster Crow to flock the wheat, now it's all right to add a little something to your crowing. But do what God said, give you tithe, and then if you want to flop the wheat, give an offer, give an offer, say. You can do a little extra, but don't just say, well, I'll give a little offer and I'll tip God, but it ain't going to crow. No, you better crow up them tithes, what you better do. I, I didn't get that out of Dr. Spurgeon. And he didn't get it from Dr. Barber either. I got it from Dr. Holy Spirit. There you go. I'll just flop a little bit. It'll be, well, Lord, it'll be all about the same thing. Make a racket. So, no, 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 no. He prophesied. He said, Peter, before the cock crows through time, you'll have not. You'll have not. Oh, I know what some of you do. You, you, you wouldn't even give a tip. Bless God, you wouldn't flop. Because that'd come to it. But you'd say, no, I ain't going to crow. I'll tell you what I do. And it'll be just good. I'll just scratch. I'll just scratch, bless God. I'll go. Yeah, I'll scratch. Hey, don't make me crow, bless God. I don't have to crow. I'll just scratch. Well, go and scratch, old devil. Scratch. I don't have to go to church. I'll just scratch. I'll just scratch. Amen. Oh, that's a fit in your collar, ain't it? Scratch. Scratch. No, I don't have to crow. Preacher thinks everybody's got to crow because he said crow. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'll just scratch. I just scratch, 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 scratch. Right or wrong? Right. You know it's a God's truth. 
Then I want you to notice something else he done. Are you listening? Thank God he done the best he could. The preacher, how in the world do you know he done the best he could? Did you ever see a rooster crow that didn't do the best he could? Glory to God, you know what that old boy will do? He'll step out there and he'll lean back. Boy, he does. He stretches his neck and lets her fly. He does the best he can. Did you ever see a rooster crow that didn't do his best? Well, I see little old pullets. They didn't know how to crow. And when they crow, they look like they're choking to death. I seen them get out a lot and stretch that neck out like they're going to crow like that big goose. Start, and they want to crow like that. And they'll stretch their neck out and say, Can't even crow. Right. And what am I talking about? Why don't you ask God to give you as much sense and grace as the rooster had? And you'll be on the job this week. Every time, three times, you know, he had to crow, you'll be here ten times. It'll yeah. make ten times. Be on the job, and, and then listen. Oh, I know what you'll do. Well, preacher, I don't have much education. Well, where did this rooster go to seminary at? I see, I know where to go to cemetery, but where did he go to seminary at? Education. Now, if I had the education, oh, shut up your mouth. Use what you got. Education without salvation. Don't do nothing to make a jackass out of people. Didn't you know that? What do you mean, preacher? Oh, I'll tell you what you do. <laughs> you go home and scratch up the Mount Airy excuse or the Mount Airy enterprise, whatever it is. You know, the paper. You want to get a paper. Get a paper. And read, read last week's paper. You know what it said about education? They were describing the people that had had the most uh, uh, getting uh, pregnant out of wedlock having babies illegitimate. And you know who had most of them? Uh, the college crowd. The girls that uh, went and got a lot of sense. Huh? Did they? Right. And, and the ones that had went to school the most is where all the little illegitimate babies come from. Of course you'd believe the paper because you believe that's more inspired the Bible. You read it more than you do the Bible. And your paper said, did it say that thing? They said, we, we've traced it up, we've added it up. So you see, if you get an education and you ain't full of God, it's been better had you not seen the insides of a college. It just makes an intelligent jackass out of you. That thinks you're smart and you need to find out you don't know nothing so you can get smart. Because it's proven fact that immorality has come from people who had great education but didn't have God. That's why we need a Christian day school, why you ought to be behind it 100%. Amen. Anybody wouldn't do that, you need to go to a doctor and say, you got any used brains lying around? I need some. All right, now quickly. He did not know much. But I quickly, I could talk more about the rooster and the mule, but time won't permit. Here we are at 1230, and i got to say a word about the, the fish that Peter caught. First of all, Peter listened to God. Would you listen to God this week? Listen to me. Listen to God. You say, well, how will I get him to talk to me? You go pray. He'll show you what to do. You pray. Lord, here I am. Like Isaiah, send me. Or you might pray, Lord, I offer myself, I, I, I give my body. By the mercies of God, which will be my spiritual services this week, Lord, here it is. You should say that mean it. You know what Peter did? He was willing to go where God told him to. 
Where did he tell him to go? He said, go out to the sea. It's not necessary to go to sea to catch a fish all the way. But you know, he went where the fish was at. Now what's a sea a type of? It's a type of the world. Humanity. So we're supposed to go out to the last sea of humanity and uh, bring them back. And do like he did. Bring them back alive. He said to go out there to the sea and throw in your hook. So throw in your hook, folks. Throw in your hook. And, you know, they had an argument here. He was supposed to go catch a fish. The reason he'd done it, see, they were arguing about the tribute money. You see, the people of Israel weren't supposed to pay. The true Jew wasn't supposed to pay the tribute money. The money was to be paid by the refugees and the strangers and foreigners that come in there. They collected. Well, Peter's home was in Capernaum right here where he was at. Jesus was raised in Nazareth right there nearby. So they actually didn't owe anything. But, but the Lord Jesus considers the other fellow. And he said, they're ignorant and they don't know. And uh, we don't want to do anything and hurt our ministry. So he said, let's just go ahead. We'll just pay it. We said, we're free. We don't owe anything. But we're willing to, to give something so that it won't hurt the cause of the Lord. We don't want to be offenders. Now that's where you say, well, where does that come in on us? Don't be an offender. You know, there's a lot of things that you might think it wouldn't hurt you to do. It hurts you to quit doing because it might offend someone else. The Bible said, no man lives and dies to himself. But you're either helping people find God or keeping people from finding God by your life. You understand it? By your life. All right. Now then, he went to where the fish was. And he caught the fish. And, and the Lord said, I tell you what you do, you go out to the ocean, out to the sea, go out to the Sea of Galilee, that's the only one there. Uh, we call it a lake here. Go to the sea and cast in your hook. And the first fish that comes up, you go and reach in his mouth and you'll get some money. Take that money and go pay your tax and my tax. Now bless God, that ain't something. You been worried about where to get the income tax money? <laughs> God's got it. God could give it if, if you're honest about it. And you, you really try it. And you try it. Uh, God's uh, God will help you. He'll help you these things. He said, Peter. He set Peter up. The Lord was very free-hearted. He said, Peter, I'll, I'll go get that fish and I'll pay yours and mine both. See. Now you see the miracles that God done. He made a mule talk and made a rooster crow at the right place at the right time and made a fish swallow some money and go to a place and read Peter's mind to where he'd throw the hook in and then brought the fish to be at that particular place so when he threw the hook in that was the only fish could get it and get that money out. Boy, you say, what's that tell you? What a God I got. Woo! Somebody said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't. What kind of God you got? I just can't do it. Oh, I just can't. What kind of God you got? Where'd you get your God? Why don't you get Peter's God? Why don't you get the rooster's God? Why don't you get Balaam's God? Why, he made a mule talking rooster crow and caused the fish to swallow money and appear up at a certain place to get it when the hook was thrown in. <laughs> Boy, animal trainers, supersonic, right? You said, what's that got to do with me? You got the same God. 
<laughs> now sit at home now and say, yeah, I can't do nothing. And uh, I don't think that revival helped me. And, and my children about to run me crazy, but and God can't do nothing about it. You know, he's just a little old peanut God, you know. And of course, he made a mule talk to the rooster court at the right time. Put a, it made him swallow a corn and a Peter catch it and know just exactly where Peter was going to go to throw it in. And you know all that? And he can't do a thing for you. Now, what about that? Oh, my God, friend, we ought to go out of this building today and say, by the help and grace of God, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Man. Old Caleb looked over. He was 85 years old. And he saw the mountain that God promised him when he was 40. And it was full of the enemies. A battle to be fought, a victory to be won. Caleb, Caleb was old. And God gave him that mountain. And old Caleb looked up and said, How you know you are? God gave it to me. I might be old, and any of them might be big, but I've got God on my side, and that makes the majority. How did he get God on his side? He wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed three times. He said it in one chapter. And Caleb Holy, follow the Lord. Yes, we can. Why don't you get in it? Why don't you try it? Show God this week. See what you can do. If he calls an old mule to talk, don't you think he can let you talk a little about the revival this week? Oh well, I'll get him to know.